America's exit from Afghanistan has led to the Taliban taking over Kabul, raising concerns that the U.S. could abandon its other allies. On Tuesday, Washington addressed these concerns head-on. In Taipei, President Tsai Ing-wen spoke for the first time about what Afghanistan's fall means for Taiwan. I want to tell everyone that Taiwan's only option is to make itself stronger, more united and more determined to defend itself. It's not an option to stand idly by and rely only on the protection of others. It's not an option to rely on a foundation not built on values, on the momentary kindness or charity of people who have never renounced the use of force against us. We believe that our commitments to our allies and partners are sacrosanct and always have been. We believe our commitment to uh, Taiwan and to Israel remains as strong as it's ever been. Taiwanese media personality Zhao Shaokang said the U.S. statement was unconvincing. Responding to Jake Sullivan, he said, quote, American troops leave when they want. That's the way Americans are. Now on to the latest escalation in tensions between China and Lithuania. Last week, Beijing recalled its ambassador to the Baltic nation. It was over Lithuania's decision to let Taiwan set up a mission bearing the name Taiwan. Now, sources say that China Railway Container Transport Company will suspend service for its Lithuanian clients. In response, a Lithuanian official said that many of China's state-owned enterprises were keen to show loyalty to the CCP. The diplomatic route continues over Taiwan's new de facto embassy in Lithuania. Sources say that a state-owned Chinese freight carrier told Lithuanian clients that Due to the deterioration in bilateral ties, services would be suspended from the end of August to September. It must be pointed out that the Lithuanian side tries to distort concepts and disguise its challenge against the One China Principle as the so-called defense of principles and values. It is sophistry employed to advance substantive relations with the Taiwan authorities, and it fools nobody but themselves. Established in 2003, China Railway Container Transport is owned by China Railway Group. It runs a direct freight line from China to Lithuania, built under Beijing's One Belt, One Road policy. But Lithuanian officials say that losing the freight line won't have a major impact on trade. According to UN data, China exported nearly 1.4 billion US dollars worth of goods to Lithuania in 2020, but Lithuania shipped less than 400 million US dollars. Ramunas Rimkus, transport attaché to the Lithuanian embassy in China, said that China's move was based entirely on political considerations. He said that many of China's state-owned enterprises were keen to show loyalty to the CCP. The Chinese government has effectively thrown down the gauntlet, but it's put the ball in Lithuania's court. It's waiting to see what the Lithuanian government does next. If the U.S. does not oppose the Taiwan office, or if it provides tacit approval, that would be a great source of reassurance for Lithuania. In such a case, China would have to tread carefully. It would not take overly strong actions. Scholars say that economic coercion is the new normal of Chinese statecraft. Speaking to media, Lithuania's president has said that Lithuania is a sovereign and independent country, with the right to decide which countries to engage with. But he's also expressed hope that China will reconsider the recall of its ambassador.
Registered adults 20 and older can now make an appointment online for the Medigen COVID vaccine. The CCC made them eligible on Wednesday after fewer than expected bookings by adults 36 and older. In related news, the Taiwan FDA has started to review the Moderna vaccine for use on teenagers aged 12 to 17. The vaccine booking system opened on Monday for the first wave of Medigen vaccines. More than 605,000 waitlisted people were eligible to make an appointment. But as of Wednesday afternoon, some 200,000 of them still hadn't done so. In response, the CECC expanded eligibility to younger adults. People between the ages of 35 and 20 who registered on the waitlist before midday on August 13th can now schedule a shot. Starting Wednesday at 4 p.m., people aged 20 and above, born before or on August 23, 2001, are able to book an appointment for Medigen. Shots can be scheduled until midday on Friday, with administration to start next Monday. Those who registered on the wait list after August 13th will have to wait until this round of vaccination is over to be called up for the next round. The new school year is just around the corner, and in Taiwan, only the Pfizer vaccine has been approved for use on minors. According to a new study in the U.S., the Moderna vaccine has acceptable safety levels for teens aged 12 to 17 who had an immune reaction similar to that of people aged 18 to 25. As for whether teens aged 12 to 17 will be eligible for Moderna, the CDC has filed an application with the FDA, and the FDA review is nearly complete. I think making both brands available is necessary. What I mean by that is not that the two brands should be mixed, but that either one can be an option. But the health chief said that for now, the government will save Moderna for priority groups that are waiting for a second dose. He said that minors will mainly be offered Pfizer once it's available. Arrangements are subject to change based on vaccine availability. Taiwan has begun the practice of vaccine mixing. At select hospitals, frontline medical workers lined up on Wednesday to get a Moderna shot after already receiving one dose of AstraZeneca. New research overseas shows that mixing AstraZeneca and Moderna can produce a stronger protective effect than two doses of AZ. Taiwan has authorized vaccine mixing for frontline medical workers. On Wednesday, select hospitals began administering Moderna as the second half of a mixed regimen. At a Tsiji General Hospital branch in Xingdian, doctors and nurses trickled into the vaccination clinic throughout the day. The clinic administered Moderna to nearly 200 medical staff, whose first dose was AstraZeneca. I'm relatively young. I'd like to try vaccine mixing, provided that I can tolerate the side effects of vaccine mixing and that the protection of the two vaccines is maximized. There are now medical studies published abroad that say vaccine mixing is effective. So we will wait the appropriate interval, and once that interval is up, we'll go to get a second dose of Moderna. New research shows that getting AZ and then Moderna produces a stronger immune response than getting two doses of AstraZeneca. But strong side effects can happen after that second dose of Moderna. Side effects from a second dose of AZ are relatively mild. 
if you choose Moderna for your second dose, the side effects could be more serious. The second thing is that the long-term safety of vaccine mixing and the various side effects that come with it have not been fully studied. There are concerns over those side effects. These are all reasons why our colleagues might choose to stick with two doses of AZ. So far, there are 326,000 medical workers at hospitals who haven't received a second dose. About 297,000 received AstraZeneca as their first dose. Another 29,000 received a first dose of Moderna. All are now allowed to choose Moderna for their second dose. Taiwan has 418,600 doses of Moderna left, and they'll be offered first to frontline medical staff, though only at select hospitals. Medical workers at private clinics are calling on the CECC to widen eligibility as soon as possible. The CECC has compiled a list of entry requirements at destinations popular among Taiwanese travelers. Currently, five countries are fully open to Taiwan passport holders. This means that travelers don't need to do quarantine or provide any form of COVID-related documentation to enter. Let's hear from the health minister. At the countries most frequently visited by Taiwanese nationals, proof of vaccination is not a necessary condition for quarantine-free entry. At some places, it is one of the sufficient conditions. The countries that are fully open to Taiwan visitors, that is, the ones offering quarantine-free entry with no COVID documentation are Belgium, Spain, Finland, Estonia and Mexico. There are also countries that waive quarantine if you satisfy any of their conditions. One condition might be vaccination, which involves showing a record of vaccination with a brand recognized by that country. Still, for most countries, all that's required to enter is a negative COVID test. Countries that accept proof of a negative COVID test, proof of vaccination or proof of COVID recovery include Austria and Turkey. Meanwhile, Germany, France, the Netherlands and Switzerland accept proof of a negative COVID test or proof of vaccination. The US accepts negative tests and recovery certificates. Then, countries that accept just proof of a negative test include the Czech Republic, the UK, Brazil, South Africa and Singapore. There is only one country where you would still need to quarantine after a negative COVID test. That's Saudi Arabia, where the only way to waive quarantine is to have proof of vaccination. But many countries still have strict restrictions for foreign arrivals, including those from Taiwan. In Italy, Thailand, Malaysia and the Philippines, quarantine is compulsory. Travelers also need to show proof of vaccination, proof of a negative COVID test, or proof of COVID recovery if they had been infected. Meanwhile, several other countries are only letting in foreign arrivals for diplomatic or humanitarian reasons. They include Canada, Japan, Indonesia, India, Australia, New Zealand, Russia, Israel, and Argentina. In-person classes were suspended in May due to the rise in domestic COVID cases. To understand the impact remote learning had on students amid the pandemic, the King Carr Foundation and the Department of Social Work of National Taipei University conducted a survey on students from elementary to 12th grade. The survey found that 64% of young people want to go back to school to attend in-person courses because they miss interacting with their peers. About 42% believed that they had fallen behind in their studies. 
In June, the King Car Cultural and Educational Foundation surveyed 18,000 elementary to high school students in Taiwan. The foundation found that 74.2% of respondents felt unhappy while isolated at home. 64% of students wanted to return to school, and 41.7% said they had fallen behind in their studies. Another 47.7% reported lower levels of concentration learning online. Now that I have been taking online courses for a long time, I have become more accustomed to using the software. But I feel that I need to rely on self-discipline for time management. Although I spend less time traveling to and from school, time is wasted when I'm taking breaks, resulting in poor learning efficiency. If there's a return to in-person classes in the future, there can be more interaction with classmates and more communication with the teacher, as well as less hassle. I haven't met up with my classmates for a long time. I miss school and want to return as soon as possible. In addition, it's easier to ask the teacher questions in person. It may be more difficult to ask the teacher questions if you're taking online classes. The survey also showed that nearly half of the students believed that it was difficult to learn online. Nearly 70% of elementary school students want to return to school. We also found that nearly 80% of youth haven't been able to do events with large gatherings, such as graduation ceremonies and field trips. They are unhappy about that. Class suspensions have also led to more conflicts at home. According to the survey, the most common causes of parent-child arguments are parental restrictions on electronic devices, restrictions on going out, and reduced sports and leisure activities. About 64% of teenagers worried that their parents' income were being affected by the pandemic. Nearly 80% of children feared that they or their family members would get infected with the virus. Uh, we need to consider about there are more the family face the economic issue and some of them lose their job or some of them their income might be affected and we need to consider whether they uh, can get them back uh, get their money back after this uh, COVID-19 pandemic and we also consider need to consider about the youth and if their family face the unemployment problem and maybe uh, their uh, chance of, econ uh, of education will be affected. The King Car Cultural and Educational Foundation said that in the future, demand for online learning will only continue to expand. Therefore, it's crucial that teachers continue to master their fluency in digital tools to improve students' learning, it said. For Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei. The fall semester starts on September 1st. Across Taiwan, primary and secondary schools are preparing for a COVID-proof return to in-person classes. The Education Ministry released its pandemic guidelines for schools on Tuesday. Teachers will have to be vaccinated to return or they'll have to get tested for COVID every seven days. Also, they and all their students must wear a mask at all times except when eating or drinking. Every nook and cranny is disinfected and partitions are placed at each desk. Corner windows are open 15 centimeters to improve airflow. Schools at the high school level and below are reopening on September 1st. Dajia Elementary School in Taipei is fully prepared. 
We're ready. Besides this regular disinfection protocol, we have rules for faculty entering for the first time. They'll have to show their vaccination card. If they don't have one, they must have a rapid screening test from the last three days. Step through the school gate and get a spray of disinfectant from above. Then it's time to sanitize your hands. After that, it's a temperature check. Then it's time to disinfect the soles of your shoes before heading inside. The Ministry of Education requires that all educators be vaccinated. If they're not, they need to show proof of a negative COVID test on their first day back, then every seven days after that. Parents and other visitors will not be allowed on school grounds. Mask wearing is mandatory for teachers and students at all times, except when eating and drinking. Students who aren't physically present for COVID-related reasons won't be marked absent. For unvaccinated teachers, the cost of rapid COVID tests can quickly add up. Right now, the problem we are seeing is that, first of all, vaccines are in short supply. And second, teachers have to pay for the rapid tests or PCR tests out of pocket. That can cost more than one day's wages. In response, the Ministry of Education is offering subsidies to unvaccinated teachers for buying tests. The back-to-school countdown is on, and schools are racing to put all the precautions in place. Let's head now to the Taipei Zoo for a lesson in medical innovation. A number of hippos at the zoo recently fell ill. Zookeepers have been scratching their heads over how to give them antibiotics. Injections are impossible. They also have a keen sense of smell and reject food laced with medicine. So what's the solution? Well, it turns out putting antibiotics directly into the water they swim in is the best tactic. It's lunchtime. Hippos line up to get their meal, but shock, horror, it's not tasty grass, it's bitter melon. After tasting the bitterness, some hippos spit it out. For people, bitter melon is a fine source of antioxidants. For hippos, it can have a different use. The hippos are very resistant to this kind of medicine. They spit it out. So we thought we'd try training them to eat some bitter foods and see if they could get used to it. So then, we thought we'd try feeding them bitter melon. When they swallow it, they realize it's very bitter, but they may have already swallowed and they can't spit it up. Then they look so sad and dejected like, that thing was so bitter. Training the hippos with bitter melon has not been a resounding success. Injections are not an option either, despite repeated attempts. After all this harassment, some hippos went to hide in the water, not coming out onto the bank for days and refusing to eat. That inspired zookeepers to create the medicine bath. Hippos have very thick skin. It can be six or seven centimeters thick or more. Injections don't work for them. The solution we've come up with that works a bit better is the medicine bath. The pool they live in is a fairly static body of water, so we can put the medicine straight into it. Zookeepers have to think creatively to give their animals the best care. Sometimes the most obvious solution is hiding in plain sight. Food deliveries are bigger than ever, but some customers don't take their purchases seriously. For delivery riders, nothing is worse than a diner who won't collect their delivery or pay for their purchase. One rider who works in Taoyuan and New Taipei has a strategy to deal with such tricky customers. And everyone in the community is quick to hear about it. He takes out a megaphone to cajole the obstinate customer out of the house. <laughs>
This delivery rider has come a long way in the rain to get a meal to the customer. Now she won't answer the phone or take delivery. Desperate times call for desperate measures. He sings through the megaphone and catches the attention of the passerby who filmed this clip. You can hear the camera holder laughing, but his best trick is still to come. He starts to sing the Huang Pingyuan Mando Pop classic, How Can You Allow Me to Be in Sorrow, reinterpreted as the wail of a frustrated delivery man. When the customer emerges, it is with red ears. They came out back just before. He needed to collect the money, so that's why he couldn't make contact. So he had to use a megaphone and shout out his name and then sing a song. Maybe he's used to it. He said he's done it before with customers he couldn't find or who didn't appear. The rider is famous in both Linko District, New Taipei, as well as in Guishan District, Taoyuan. He takes his megaphone wherever he goes, and his dulcet tones are heard all over the area. The clip has found lots of fans online. Wow, is this a food panda delivery or a burrow chief, said one commenter. Another said they want to get a delivery from him. But others thought the performance might disturb the community. We managed to speak to the delivery rider himself and found out where he got the idea. My inspiration comes from the political campaign trucks. The next second, you have to run to catch a leaflet. That's why they do it. The singing delivery rider has polarized responses. His controversial tactics amuse some and irk others. But for the man himself, so long as it works, that's what matters.